1: Welcome everyone to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. It is a gorgeous day in New York City. I hope that you're enjoying your day wherever you are. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, There's so much that happened this week in America. But I have to tell you, there is one thing that happened that is so monumental Then I'm going to go right into my opening as soon as I tell you who the guests are going to be on the show today. Later in the show, I'm going to be speaking with U.S. Representative, our Congresswoman, Claudia Tenney from New York. Uh, We're going to talk about the new bill that has passed uh, and what it means, the gun law, and how they got to this agreement. And we're also going to be talking to one of the country's uh, uh, premier security experts. His name is Wayne Black. He's written an article on the Uvalde school shooting that is so common sense, folks. Uh, He is the kind of guy where, you know, this is real simple. You don't need a lot of emotion. These are the facts. This is what we do. Those are the lies. And let's get to it. So it's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. But I want to talk about a very, very important moment uh, that happened this week in a case that literally arose out of New York that got to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rendered its decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association against Bruin, the superintendent of the New York State Police. This case has been winding its way up to the Supreme Court. And just this week, the Supreme Court in a 6-3 decision to announce that in the United States, and don't let New York throw you off, this is about the whole country. In the United States, the American people can carry concealed weapons outside of their home. Uh, the Supreme Court struck down the New York gun law that had been affirmed by the Second Circuit under uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, that had a requirement that in order to carry a concealed weapon, you had to show a unique need for self-defense distinguishable from the general community. And the general uh, uh, permits, gun permits that are being granted in New York, and I, I was a judge, I used to sign pistol permits, they were generally for hunting and targets shooting. And yet New York passed a second requirement and said, hey, if you want a concealed carry, you better give us a good reason and not that you're afraid of being robbed or uh, you're afraid of being attacked if you're on the street. And they call that the proper cause, uh, clause requirement. And the Supreme Court said, no way, folks. The Second Amendment is clear. The Second Amendment allows the people of the United States to bear arms, and that means to bear and carry arms. It's not just in the home. It's where they are. Now, 43 states in this country require that you get a permit, so they didn't lessen or lighten up any of the laws as it relates to getting a gun, but what they said is, hey, you can't then just say now if you want to actually carry that gun as a concealed carry, you 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 have to show us why. Well, you can't say I think I'm going to be attacked on June 29th at three o'clock in the afternoon in Times Square or anywhere else. So the Supreme Court decision. Written by Justice Clarence Thomas, 6 3, was a full throated Second Amendment defense. And it was uh, so clear where they said, nothing in the Second Amendment draws a home public distinction with respect to the right to bear arms. Now, you remember, I talked to you about Roe versus Wade, but I want you to compare this decision on guns, where the court said, The second amendment is clear. It is the right to bear arms. And they said this constitutional right and the exercise of this right does not require the individual to demonstrate to some government official a specific reason why they wanna carry that gun. And by the way, remember when they said the history of Roe versus Wade, they said there's nothing in our history that says you're entitled to an abortion That same test is being applied here where the Supreme Court said, let's look at the history and tradition of the United States. That's part of the thinking. And they said, it is an enduring American tradition that allows and permits a public carry. And uh, this is uh, the one of the biggest decisions folks, in the last 10 years. and one of the big three decisions on guns and the Second Amendment, in addition to Heller and McDonald, Uh, The government uh, has to justify why they want an excuse or a reason, uh, and the Supreme Court said not so fast, Jack. That's not what the, the Constitution says. But I want you to hear what the ladies of The View think, those brilliant women, Whoopi Goldberg in particular. It seems, I don't even have the words, it seems
2: stupid. No, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. It's not even stupid. It is. It's. It's.
1: No, it's. It's so. It's such a middle finger to New York. You know what? How about you read the decision? A middle finger to New York. I got to tell you what the Supreme Court said about New York. And they said, listen, the you know the truth is that you can't say, and it's right here. Nothing in the Second Amendment's text draws a home public distinction with respect to the right to keep and bear arms. And I love this, and and Mayor Adams, listen up, and Governor Hochul and all those New Yorkers. Uh, That said, this is a court speaking, respondents' attempts to characterize New York's proper cause requirement, that means you got to give a reason where you think you might be attacked, um, as a sensitive place, lacks merit. Because there is no historically, uh, there is no historical basis for New York to effectively declare the island of Manhattan a sensitive place simply because it's crowded and protected generally by the NYPD. Hear that, Mayor Adams? Maybe you ought to stop criticizing the Supreme Court, and maybe. You ought to deal with the cashless bail that allows everyone who's got a gun, the illegals or the illegal guns that are on the street, you let them out as soon as you arrest them. Now law-abiding citizens in New York and around the country can carry guns. and It's about time that the law-abiding citizens of this country have the right to bear arms. I'm sick of criminals getting guns And the liberals letting them out so they can get another gun and kill another person you don't have the right you've lost your right to complain about guns when you come out and say you know we're going to let them out of jail okay because we don't want to keep them in jail you're letting them out of jail for them to get another illegal gun it's time we recognize that guns are an important part of the tradition of this country according to the supreme court and maybe People who are law-abiding citizens ought to have them. I'm tired of just the criminals having them. And that's my opening statement here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. This episode is brought to you
3: by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a man who's got incredible experience in the years of professional security, uh, in both public and private sectors. Wayne Black, for more than a decade, was the security advisor and, and PSD lead for former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. He routinely details threat assessments for schools, churches, synagogues, hospitals, and other facilities. He's Personally supervised protection details and special threat assessments in the U.S., Central Asia, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, and South America. Uh, And as a contractor for the Department of Homeland Security after the events of 9 11, he supervised a red team conducting threat assessments at designated national security events. This guy doesn't just talk the talk, folks. He walks the walk. His name is Wayne Black, and I want to welcome him to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Wayne, I got to tell you uh, that more than ever, we need people like you on the national scene talking to Americans about what needs to be done to protect not just American citizens, but to protect our children in schools. So let's start with Uvalde and what happened there. And we all understand the fog of war. We all understand what happens when immediately after a traumatic event uh, and things get a little mixed up. But it sounds to me like things were totally screwed up in Uvalde, Texas, where uh, 19 uh, children were shot and two teachers as well. Talk to me, Wayne.
3: Judge, I'm happy to be here. It was just a failure at so many levels, failure of planning and everything else. I mean, the fact that we're now learning that the room where the most of the children were, were killed was unable to be locked, it just says it all. I mean, the whole purpose of school police or, or anyone that does an assessment, apparently they did not, is to make sure that something happens to plan for the when, not the if. And yes. so that was the start of it. And then, of course, the failure to go in. I mean, the only people they detained were parents trying to rescue their own children in, in 75 minutes, Judge, as you know, it took to to get in there.
1: You know, I, I got to tell you, folks, uh, Wayne Black has written an article uh, on the Uvalde school shooting. He says it was a failure of leadership, not gun laws. Uh, and it's is it in The Federalist? Is that where it is, Wayne? I'm reading it online.
3: Yes, ma'am, it is.
1: Okay. Well, I would recommend to all my listeners that you read it. I mean, it is very clear. It's very concise. But you know, Wayne, you and I understand that when there's a shooting, you go toward the shooting, especially when children are involved. You've got these school resource officers. And I must tell you, I've known many of them in my career. And, and you know, some of them are really take their job seriously. Some of them are retired detectives who decided, you know what, I want to stay in law enforcement, but I don't want to have the, you know, the the day-in, day-out shooting stabbings uh, but some of them are also, they just kind of see it as a retirement. They're out of shape. You know, they don't take things seriously. And I got to tell you, this Pete uh, uh, uh he, he strikes me as a guy who, would, you know, was on the donut brigade and uh, there's not much else going on. And the lies that were perpetrated saying they were looking for a key for 70 minutes when the door wasn't even locked and it wasn't even capable of being locked uh, it would infuriate any any parent and parents. Parents actually being handcuffed who are trying to go into the school to get their children out. What is the obligation? You you're in a hallway. You hear children crying, screaming, you know they're bleeding out. You know they've been shot. You know that seconds count, not minutes, seconds count. And you've got some bozo out there who doesn't know what he's doing. Do you break the chain of command? What do you do, Wayne, in a situation like this? If you've already you're in the hallway, you're a cop, you got a gun, you got a body shield.
3: Talk to me. Well, judge, you go in. You absolutely have to go in. It's, it's like, do you obey an unlawful order? First, I'm not sure he was there at the very beginning, but the first officer or two, the first officer needs to push push through. And and it boils down to this, judge: if you don't want to do this, if you haven't planned to do this, then you should sell car insurance or something. If you you know you put the badge on, that's your obligation uh, with a school, especially to go in and rescue the kids.
1: And in your article, you specifically say after receiving grazing gunshot wounds from the Uvalde gunmen, the Uvalde police showed rank cowardice and retreated. So we're talking about the school police or the town police. Who are we talking about there?
3: Well, um, both. I think the first the first batch of police were there at the school were school police. Um, but, again, there was no plan. At the first sound of gunfire, the teachers should have known, should have been trained by the school police to lock their doors. And the school police should have done an assessment to know that all doors lock. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about, Judge. I think when it shakes out that if anyone did fire back at this guy, mm-hmm. if they were grazed, that I wonder if there's going to be friendly fire. I wonder if we, we call it Prey and spray, so mm-hmm. which is a, a negligent way to fire. I wonder if ballistics will show that some of the the officers that did fire uh, actually hurt children.
1: Interesting. You know, they've got the and, and that is a frightening, frightening thought. But you've got the Texas uh, Department of Public Safety, the state police, so to speak, the Texas Rangers. I'm I'm not sure what they're called, but it's the state law enforcement agency. They've been incredibly Critical of the local school police saying that it was an abject failure. I mean, are, can we expect that that kind of assessment by the state of the school police is in some way that they know what you're talking about when you talk about the friendly fire?
3: I think that's right. I mean, I hope so. But like Parkland, Judge, it's only going to shake out in terms of the details uh, in civil actions, I predict. I mean, we learn more in Parkland in the civil cases um than we did really from the beginning from the evidence so it's yeah. just it just couldn't it just couldn't be more ugly I mean, you think of the amount of officers were there and they fell into groupthink and to have this police chief now say he didn't consider himself to be the incident commander i mean he's the de facto incident commander when he arrives even you know he even came without a radio for god's sakes
1: yeah. And it is amazing. I mean, you always have someone who is, you know, the commander, who is the leader in charge. And for this guy to not even, you know, designate, you know, this is going to be where we're going to make our decisions. You know, we're going to bring in a unified uh, uh, frontier because you've got other agencies coming and you've got you've got board border, uh, 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 They call him Bortec, who was a Border Patrol officer who is, I guess, from with SWAT who grabbed a gun at the at the uh, barber shop and decided to go in himself and shoot the uh, shooter. I don't know if that ever turned out to be the case. Is that true, Wayne? Do you know?
3: Well, that's what we're hearing. It's still is still being reported. Then there's the story of the of the local police officer whose wife's a school teacher. She later she called him but later died on the way to the hospital. Um, he was disarmed by someone, I think, by the school police. He wanted to go in. And he was detained and disarmed and not allowed to go in and rescue the children and his wife.
1: You know, and and I admire you for, you know, the way you look at it. You're looking at this very factually, and I'm editorializing and and saying this is outrageous. I mean, if your wife is in that school, I mean, nothing could stop me other than the local police putting cuffs on me from going into that school myself. And there is a mother, that, that reports are, who was cuffed by the local police, who then apparently, and I don't know if this turned out to be the case, Was able to get the uh to convince them that she wasn't going to do anything, back off and then run around the school and grab her kids, whether that's true or not. But you know, what do we do now? We harden the schools, uh, we've got a what else do we need to do, Wayne Black?
3: Well, in states like Florida, for example, Governor DeSantis has this uh, assessment tool that he sends out to all public schools through the Department of Education and requires them to do an assessment, fill out the tool, the online tool, and report back to them. And it has things like door locks, planning, lockdown drills, et cetera. And so they're all over it. Every state needs to do that. Um, Private schools are so far ahead uh, judge of, of the other schools because they just do it. They don't have a board to worry about I mean mm-hmm. think of the natural conflict, you know, this better than anybody this police chief is elected to the school board
1: mm-hmm. So he has
3: a conflict he's supposed to be telling the school board what they need to do and yet he's being paid to be on the school board
1: Interesting interesting that is a conflict that is out now, now comp uh, uh, Conflict of interest, but you know that's sometimes what happens in- situations where people just think it can't happen to them it can never be a problem and you're right wayne black the private schools certainly have this together you know who else has it together uh when you've got some of the uh some of the churches and some of the synagogues you know that are used to being attacked i mean they've got a game plan and yet we've got our most precious you know resources children and we don't really have a game plan other than you know a bunch of cops some of whom have no idea whether or not they're even in charge don't even know whether to go toward the gunfire and stand in outside a building for 77 minutes and fight with parents whose kids are dying on the inside i can't imagine what the screams are like. I can't imagine what the 911 calls are, are going to reveal in terms of the pain of these kids. A little girl covering herself in blood at the Uvalde school to convince the shooter that she was dead. It was her girlfriend's blood. I mean, this is craziness. This guy, Abendondo, not only should he be fired, there's got to be something, some kind of dereliction of duty, Wayne Black, that he's got to suffer because people died because he was incompetent and he didn't do his job. And if you're going to take on a job you have to be accountable
3: i think that's right i don't know how those people those guys live with themselves judges even the first one or two or up to 20 people if you're let's say you're number 20 21 that arrives and everybody else is standing around looking stupid. You've got to go in and and engage. And how about this? The police were breaking windows to get children out of other classrooms. Why didn't they go to this classroom's window and take a shot or two at this guy who was two feet taller than anybody else in the classroom? That would have drawn his attention. They probably could have shot him. Those were not hurricane windows. They could have, if they had any training at all, it was like a 10-foot shot with a pistol. They could have They've taken him out at the time.
1: You know what? I must tell you, Wayne Black, uh, you are certainly knowledgeable about this. I think everybody ought to take a look at Wayne Black's article in The Federalist. The Uvalde School Shooting was a failure of leadership, not gun laws by Wayne Black. My friend, you do great work. Thank you Thanks, so much. Church. And born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. Donate $11 a month at t2t.org. That's T the number two, t.org. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a member of the United States House of Representatives. Uh, Her name is Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, Uh, and I want to start with the Supreme Court decision uh, this week, uh, where Justice uh, Clarence Thomas pretty much said, uh, "Hey, everybody." back off, the Second Amendment is clear, Uh, then you've got the right to exercise your constitutional right, and it doesn't require an individual to demonstrate to some government official a special need to have it. What is your reaction to that decision?
2: This is a really important case, and Justice Thomas's decision is very uh, simple, but it's brilliant in its simplicity, and it really spells out and talks about the fact that the second amendment right we have is pre-existing it is the right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed and he says this very clean, clearly the second amendment is uh, should be looked at at the plain language of it uh we need to uh recognize that this is not a second class right uh that was a quote out of uh what justice thomas wrote right and what's critical about it is the new york state rifle and pistol association brought this along with two residents from New York who were uh, concerned about growing crime in in their neighborhoods and in their city and their communities. They went to seek a, uh, to get a concealed carry permit, and they were denied that because they did not show a special purpose or an additional need for having an unrestricted right to carry to defend themselves, and that's what this case is all about, the fact that these jurisdictions in New York were able to shut down people who had legitimate rights uh to care, to for self-defense which is the foundational right of the second amendment to carry outside their home which is what distinguished it from the last big case the heller case which said we had the right to carry it in the home but what's interesting thomas goes on to say look we have two parts of this right if you have the right to keep arms you have the right to bear them not just in your home but to bear them out in public right. uh, where you would need to defend yourself so it's really a simple critical decision that gives, you know, doesn't end the, uh, the right of a, a jur- jurisdiction, for example, to go through the permitting process. But it prevents them from being able to restrict license holders who want to protect themselves outside the home.
1: Let's talk about you and Congress and the, uh, the bill uh, that was before you guys this week on uh, gun laws. Talk to us.
2: Yeah, there's a, a bill that's uh, winding its way to the House. It was passed by the Senate. Unfortunately, there were 15 Republicans who voted on it. We did not get a real chance to read the text or really to look at what the problems are that are causing the violence. The uh, the mental health issues that I've heard you cite and other cite, uh, many of the issues that they needed to see and hear from experts in the deliberative process before we throw a bill on the floor, uh, with a knee-jerk reaction to uh, to gun violence. And it's interesting, Justice Alito even mentions in this uh, fa- now-famous case, in his concurrence to Justice Thomas, that the Buffalo shooting, the violence in Rochester, the violence in New York City, all of this has happened under the current laws, the SAFE Act, one of the most onerous Gun uh, control bills in the nation, and this is still happening. So it's unfortunate that they didn't look at the all of the above approach. And as a New Yorker, I live in rural upstate New York, and we have the highest crime rate that I remember in my lifetime. We've emptied our prisons, we've emptied our psychiatric centers where people who are a harm to themselves and others Mm -hmm. are in. restricted environments they are causing problems committing crimes and and really unable to sustain themselves the naive view of the democrats and unfortunately some of these republicans didn't go through and do the deliberative process interesting that 13 out of the 15 Republicans that supported this bill last night are not running for re-election. But I will be voting no because I don't think this is going to solve the problem. I don't think it's going to minimize gun safety. And what you alluded to earlier on your, your interview on The Five, do you feel safer? Yes, because I know law-abiding gun owners are protected now. They have the rights. This is not against uh, law-abiding gun owners. We're protecting them. We're actually asking people. You're a DA, former DA. We need to enforce gun violations people are, are carrying illegally this is saying you know some uh, some criminal who's going to go out and commit a crime and this is spelled out by alito as well in his concurrence isn't going to go say oh geez now i got to go through the permitting process they're going <laughs> to use an illegal gun that law is still going to be out there right. great common sense coming from our justices with clarity with brilliance about the importance of our fundamental rights
1: but Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, we are uh, on a personal level. I'm very proud of you, and we're thrilled to have you on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Thanks for joining us. Joining us now is the famous Bill O'Reilly, who is a friend of mine, someone I have known for many, many years, who is a success in terms of everything he's ever done in his life. He's probably the most successful person in cable news ever in history. But even more interesting to me is that this man who has been able to capture the attention of the American viewing audience uh, has been able to capture their minds also with his book. He has a myriad of books. I don't know how many it's kill It's always about killing somebody and his latest book is killing the killers. It is number one. No surprise. Killing the Killers, of course, is a uh, detailed uh, description of taking down some of the uh, most outrageous terrorists in the recent years. And I am proud to bring Bill O'Reilly on to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Good morning, Bill. How are you?
0: Thank you for having me, Judge. I'm good, and I uh, know you are watch you all the time on the uh, top rated Fox show The Five.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank and you.
0: To you on WABC every Sunday. So thanks for having me. In.
1: Well, we're thrilled to have you. The, the, Bill, the, the book, Killing the Killers, is fascinating. I mean, I, I it is, it just grips you. And I think the American people are hungry today for the truth more than ever. We have been bombarded with fake news, with false narratives, and people don't know who to believe anymore. And yet your books have been incredibly successful. I mean, they just are off the charts. you Books are, I mean, there are success within hours of their even, you know, being, being uh, printed and, and published. So, why do you think that is, Bill, before we get into this particular book, Killing the Killers?
0: Well, we've had 17 number one bestsellers, which is a record on the planet, nonfiction. Nobody's ever had that many. And it's mm-hmm. because I write in a style that puts the reader right there. So whether it's Abraham Lincoln or uh, Patton or um, any of the other 11 killing books, the reader is there witnessing what we are writing about. Now, in Killing the Killers, this is ongoing history, first book that is contemporized. Mm -hmm. That means happening every day, and it's the best reporting I've ever done in my career. And the reason is, I had to convince national security advisors going all the way back to the Bush administration to tell me what exactly happened in tracking and killing the terror leaders. And most of what is in killing the killers is classified information. So they trusted me to get it out to the American people. All of the national security advisors wanted the people to know what is being done in their name to protect them and to avenge this terrible evil, the scourge, that has brought pain to so many americans you
1: know bill bill o'reilly it is amazing though that you hear so many reports of individuals writing books and you know the department of defense you know stopping those books because information in those books is classified and yet you for the reasons stated were given the opportunity to share classified information so they trusted you did they have to go over what you had written in order to give you approval that's not an easy thing to get
0: bill No, I didn't go through uh, regular channels. I went to the people themselves directly. So uh, I said, look, we're not going to quote you, and we don't. We won't use your names. We don't. But I need you to tell me what happened. So once they told me what happened, Janine, I verified it with other people who were there. We just don't print stuff. We just don't throw it out like everybody else does. Right, right. And it's ironic I'm talking to you uh, with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation sponsoring your program Mm -hmm. because this is the essence of the book. I dedicate the book to the Kaleo family who live in my town on Long Island who lost two sons, and they were husbands, they were fathers at the World Trade Center. Yes. So I saw myself, because they're friends of mine, the unbelievable pain— that these terrorists cause, and I personalize that to an extent where anybody reading Killing the Killers is going to know, A, evil exists, and B, evil has to be destroyed, not talked about, not compromised with, destroyed. And the weaponry that the United States has, Americans are not aware of this. So Trump spent $1.4 trillion upgrading the military. Well, what does that mean? Nobody knows what that means. Much if that money was in the development and deployment of space weapons. And when you see how Soleimani, the head of the Revolutionary Guard mm-hmm. in Iran, was taken off this earth by U.S. technology, you're going to be aghast at how powerful these weapons are. And Americans have
1: no clue. Bill, Bill O'Reilly. That's the shame of it all. That you know, we're just kind of, we're just kind of told. Uh, well, you know what? They took down Soleimani, Soleimani, or, 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 or Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, or, or even what uh, Bin Laden. But we really don't know. And Americans kind of feel left out. The fact that you have access to this incredibly specific information, classified information. And I tell you, and I tell my listeners right now, you are in the middle of the decision-making when you read Bill's books. I mean, it is it is, it is stellar what you're able to do. And yet you talk about the differences between the presidents, you know, under uh, Obama with uh, bin Laden, you know, the decision to kill, and under Trump, uh, Abu Bakr al Dottie. and then and then Biden, the the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, y- you you actually talk about the presidents and their thinking and their you know how they how they approach this. Talk to me about that.
0: All right, no politics in the book. Number one, there aren't any politics in any of the killing books. All right, so there are eleven killing books on the market. Nineteen million copies of my books in print there are no politics in the book it's all facts and it's fascinating because i'll give you an example when barack obama took over he was not a terror warrior all right he wasn't committed to the assassination of these heinous people now under the patriot act which is very controversial when it was passed six weeks after 9-11 back in 2001 the United States has the authority, the legal authority to attack terror groups when they are designated as such. Well Obama came in and he didn't nah, it was like this and that. But he got embarrassed because when he pulled all the US troops out of Iraq, ISIS took over half the country and murdered tens of thousands of people. And and that was directly because of Obama's action to withdraw American forces. So Obama changed, turned to a fairly ferocious terror warrior. In fact, he launched uh, almost 2,000 drones. And again, nobody knows this because when they launch a drone, it's not reported. There are no reporters there, and it's immediately classified. Right now, we have ground troops in Africa, special forces, fighting ISIS in Boko Haram. Nobody knows that. But we put you in Africa in a firefight, show you how hellacious this fighting is, but nobody knows. Now, you will when you're re-killing the killers. But to get back to your original question, Bush, of course, was a terror warrior and a fierce one, but he got caught up in this uh, nation-building stuff that hurt the country. Yes. Obama takes over, not convinced, but then gets embarrassed. Then he becomes a terror warrior. From the jump, Trump was in, and Trump was very effective because he didn't micromanage the CIA and the NSA, let them do what they had to do. And he signed off when they said, we got to wax this guy. Trump said, go get him. You know, there wasn't a lot of meeting and debate, and it wasn't a lot of that. Well, Obama always did the big cabinet. You know, everybody knows that Biden dissented on going after Osama bin Laden. That's how we opened the book, that yeah. the bin Laden raid. We closed the book with Biden's unbelievable botch in right. Afghanistan, far worse than has been reported and when you really? read it, you'll know how bad See it
1: was. I I didn't get to the end of the book Bill I mean now you piqued my interest again I mean I'm in the I'm you know I'm partway through it and I can't wait to read it I mean folks it's it's a well, great I know read
0: Yeah but here's <laughs> what you do when you're yep. not talking on the 5 you read the book So when Gutfell's saying some stuff you don't have to listen to him Okay you just pick the book up and read it All right, right. you and know you what I'll tell you what I'll do. The
1: next time I'm on The Five and I'm, t- I'm taping two shows today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put your book in front of my face. I'll show Greg <laughs> Gutfeld. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, it's always great to talk with you. We're so happy to have had you on the show. Everybody, Killing the Killers, it's a great book for Father's Day. If you missed it, you can still go on Amazon and tell your dad it's coming in the mail. So, Bill O'Reilly, thanks so much for joining us. Killing the Killers, one of the best books you'll ever read, I guarantee it. Thanks, Bill O'Reilly. Take care.
0: Okay, Judge, thanks for right. being. in.
1: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. On 9-11, we vowed to never forget. Help America keep that promise. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at t2t.org. That's t2t.org. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, it was a uh, it was a very eventful week this week, uh, but the most uh, significant thing that happened was the Supreme Court of the United States in a 6-3 decision affirming what they call an enduring American tradition uh, that permits public carry of guns. And the Supreme Court's decision in uh, New York Rifle Association against Bruin is a decision that is one of the most significant decisions along with uh, McDonald and Heller, and the most significant certainly in the last 10 years. Uh, As we've been saying, uh, it guarantees the Second Amendment that was written clearly and unmistakably uh, allows uh, people to bear arms. Clearly, the right to bear arms means the right to carry them, not to look at them in your home. And this is significant, and uh, the fact that in New York, they tried to add a second test in addition to a permit, showing why you really needed to carry one with you. Was struck down in a very full-throated uh, uh, defense by the uh, of the Second Amendment by Justice Clarence Thomas. You know the the, the what is going on in our country today uh, is is very unusual crime is higher than it's been in 30 years and crime is higher because criminals are not being detained they're not being held they're being released back into the community whether it's in uh, Los Angeles with that da George Gascone who's up for recall in November letting out a gang banger last week uh, who was should have been a third felony offender he was he had two felony convictions, two prison stints with a as a career criminal with a record a mile long. And George Gascone lets him out, even though he was arrested with a gun. And this is what the left does, folks. The illegal gun owners uh like this guy that George Gascone let out of jail, uh, goes out, starts beating his girlfriend, and shoots and kills two police officers ambushes them. And George Gascon, the DA out in LA said, Oh, there was nothing there was nothing violent in his background. I'm telling you folks, they're lying to you. And I do not want you to have to be the victim of a crime, God forbid, or watch a family member or a friend victimized because of the lies that are being perpetrated by the left. Make no mistake, these are lies. When the district attorney, George Gascone, and I'm, I'm, it almost offends me to call Gascone a district attorney, having been one myself, when he says this guy was not a, a violent man, he was a gangbanger who served two state prison terms with a record a mile long who ended up killing two police officers who were simply doing their job. He ambushed them. This is what has come down to in America where the progressive left, and I don't know why they're called progressive. They are regressive. Nothing in what they do is progressive. The only thing that they're progressing is violent crime in America, and we are the victims. We are the ones that are not being heard. We are the middle class that is being squeezed. We are the people who are being forced to pay $5, 6 $7 for a gallon of gas with a president who's telling us, you know, it isn't, it isn't that bad and it's Putin's fault. And I want to tell you real fast, and I'm going to diverge for a minute, It's not Putin's fault. Even his own Fed chair said it wasn't Putin's fault. And I ask you, if we get 51% of our gas from Canada, 8% from Mexico, and we used to get 8% from Russia and then we cut back on it, Russia's giving us, buying of oil from Russia is not going to change things. It was only 8% to begin with and now it's much less than that. They're lying to you. They're lying to you at every turn. And so as the left melts down with this decision by the United States Supreme Court, which was as clear a decision as I've read in a long time where they basically say it's it's, you know, this is a right that shall not be infringed. And it is simple. It is direct. It is plain language. uh, And uh, it is a brilliant decision. And it reminds Americans of what the founding fathers intended, what they specifically allowed. And as the left allows the criminals to run free, and we are being told that we can't get legal guns after we apply for them and put ourselves on record as having them, it's a mess out there. It is a mess. The left is creating a mess in this country. And they can complain all they want. But the truth is, I think that in November, we're going to see a different situation where the hopefully red wave will take place in the House and hopefully will gain some seats in the Senate. It is too painful. Living should not be this difficult for the people in the greatest country on earth. And no matter how they try, they are not going to destroy this country. There are rights that we have. Rights that are God-given rights, they are natural rights, they are enshrined in the Constitution, and the left cannot take them away from us. And as the left threatens a night of rage, if the Roe versus Wade decision comes out uh, and threatens to be violent, we have to go in and beg to have a gun and apply and, and comply with all kinds of tests when it's a constitutional right, it's backwards, folks. So it's up to you to change everything in November. So I can't believe we're out of time already. I want you to make sure you join us right back here next week. Uh, The Roe versus Wade decision should be out by next week. Join us same time, same place for the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe. God bless. Have a great day. Bye.